really devoted to this idea that they want to change their society from this systemically corrupt one to one in which the rule of law prevails no matter whether you're a black poor kid from the favela or an extraordinarily rich oligarch born into billions of dollars in wealth. It seems more and more lately that uh, he has just become a very useful tool for the right to the far right to be able to take out and be like, well, uh, we have here Glenn Greenwald, clearly not someone on the right. I mean, you've uh, you actually were uh, almost jailed by uh, Jair Bolsonaro, if I'm correct. You are correct. Uh, and also, uh, you wrote about uh, Edward Snowden, uh, uh, you know, uh, Julian Assange, uh, stuff like that, uh, uh, Lula da Silva. Uh, you, you, you clearly are not a, a regular. No, no, I'm not a regular. Okay, well, here's the thing I need to have someone like you validate. Can you validate that? And he's like, yep, stamp. And then that's uh, that's basically the segment. And then rinse and repeat. Throw in some money in there occasionally. Right-wing media personalities are increasingly embracing a two-century-old expression of U.S. imperialism called the Monroe Doctrine and exposing their own militaristic impulses in the process. Fox News top star Tucker Carlson and former Trump advisor Steve Bannon have both recently endorsed the Monroe Doctrine as a guiding principle, undercutting their supposedly isolationist views on U.S. military policy because a fucking course, I told you all, no, there is no such thing as the non-fucking imperialist uh, Republicans. Uh, you liars, you, 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 you fiends, fucking the Jimmy Doors, the Glenn Greenwalds, every single one of you, all of you have been trying to push this narrative that, oh, well, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Matt Gates, they seem to be the only ones who don't want to vote for these wartime measures. It seems like uh, what we used to consider the left are now very hyper-focused and pro-war, and it seems like uh, people who used to be called the extreme far right, now they're the only ones who want to be like, no, of course not. What is wrong with all of you? Yeah, I mean, in the case of Glenn Greenwald, I understand you're, you're lying for money, but in the case of like a lot of other people, that you are just confused, like Jackson Hinkle, I just, just guess confused. I mean, whenever you speed run going from like a fucking uh, blue wave, I'm with her to Bernie bro all the way to hardcore misogynist racist fucking pundit. Yeah, that speed run is going to end up with uh, quite a few uh, misinterpretations of what is going on in other parts of the world. The so-called America First ideology that Bannon, Carlson, and others in the Trump-aligned right-wing conservative movement identify, which is sometimes described incorrectly as isolationist. The recent invocations of the Monroe Doctrine suggest that far from being isolationist, these conservatives are increasingly interested in dominating China militarily, especially in the Western Clean Hemisphere. Up your room. And again, Antifa Protogen, thank you. Again, this is what I've been saying. If you have people coming on Tucker Carlson's show who are like, I want to sit on the throne of Chinese skulls, um, Tucker Carlson's doing zero pushback against that or being like, oh, well, that's an outrageous statement to say about another sovereign nation and the individuals who live therein, uh, I'm probably going to have to explore that because, again, it's just a weird thing to say randomly. In this, No, he's just like, yeah, yeah, the skulls. Yeah, we'll, we'll drink the blood. Um, that's that's obviously not the signs of, of someone who's kind of like hyper-focused on, uh, well, you know what, the old days of, uh, say, neo-imperialism neo of the United States in which they will use uh, both resource extraction through military... Um, uh, engagement uh, is probably not the, the best path forward. We should probably stop that. I, I don't get that vibe. I, I don't get that read for, for many of them. I, I, I way more get a like, well, yes, uh, we're not looking to go uh, in a proxy war with Russia. That's that's the Democrats and the libs who do that. Uh, we, we want proxy wars uh, with Iran and China. And then the Dems are like, we could probably do Iran. 
we're, we're feeling you on Iran. We, we don't like them either. So that's where you'll get both sides being like, okay, military-industrial complex. We, we can find a match here. We're both we're both we're speaking each other's language. But but that's it. it's not as if the Republicans are suddenly these anti-imperialists, anti-war machines, anti-military-industrial complex. Like, are you fucking kidding me? How would you ever be so obtuse as to even propose that? And, and that's like, for, for Greenwald and uh, Jimmy Dore, this, this is a huge selling point that they try to push on a lot of people who think they're, quote, on the left. Carlson, the Monroe Doctrine, and our hemisphere. Last year, Carlson's team made a documentary-style film about Brazil that conspicuously avoided discussing whether then-President Jair Bolsonaro would respect the results of the upcoming election or if he'd attempt to stay in power using extrajudicial means. Carlson began the film by offering his definition of the Monroe Doctrine and explicitly claiming that the U.S. imperial domain over the rest of the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> In 1823, President James Monroe announced a policy that has been the center of American foreign policy for the last 200 years. Called the Monroe Doctrine, it has a very simple thesis. Great powers would not be allowed to control nations in the Western Hemisphere. That would be a direct threat to the interests of the United States. And for 200 years, we haven't allowed it. Whoa! Whoa! How did this one fall under the radar? Because that's a very, very clear, like, so we dominate the West, and we're going to continue to dominate the West. Yeah, the West, by the way. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Under the Biden administration, the Monroe Doctrine is no longer enforced. Constrained by its ideological concerns, consumed oh God, with political grievances, Who does and above that? all, distracted by a faraway war in Eastern Europe, the Biden administration has abdicated its he responsibility. Three times. into the void left by the Whoa, United States real soldiers. a new superpower. We've come to Brazil Those to aren't see soy for boys. the rise of China. Oh my and how God. The government of China is replacing the United States as the dominant power in our hemisphere. Oh shit. In our hemisphere. I didn't know that. It's incredible. Well, good to know. Carlson's use of the first-person plural possessive phrase here, our hemisphere, is key. The R clearly refers to the United States, not a broader collective of self-governed countries in the hemisphere. In Carlson's rendering, the fight between the United States and China for dominance over Brazil, not for the Brazilian sovereignty in and of itself. So... Um, this is imperialism, everybody. This is U.S. imperialism. This is, uh, again, old-timey shit as well. You don't really hear a lot of people invoking the Monroe Doctrine as a guiding principle in today's day and age without any kind of uh, caveats or but or asterisks or anything, right? Uh, and uh, maybe because this plays on Tucker Carlson's, like, uh, show, the, not not the the Fox News show, and his, his other one, his, his, his subscription service show, that maybe that's why this one kind of, like, fell by the wayside. Carlson has casually asserted the United States' rightful domain over Latin and South America before. In February, he reported that China had announced a partnership with Argentina in part, uh, uh, in part on currency. Argentina's president has also said the nation would join China's Belt and Road project. He continued, again, it's in our hemisphere. Monroe Doctrine, anyone? But it's happening. 
and nobody's even mentioning it. So um, this is a very, very clear language, you know, very, very clear. Uh, basically, the United States is the world's imperial superpower and needs to continue to dominate and, uh, uh, you know, uh, engage in imperialism within uh, Central and South America uh, in order to, again, protect the interests of the United States and in turn theirs as well. You know, looking out for them too, don't worry. But anyways, there can't be these outside influences looking to invent in it. And obviously, countries, especially countries that uh, are impoverished, are going to look towards who's going to provide them with financial assistance. If China is offering them better uh, loans, better better loan, uh, you know, uh, repayment plans and or even uh, better loan forgiveness plans, which China versus the United States uh, is very known to do, uh, sorry, known to do. If you look at countries in Africa in terms of the uh, amount of loan and debt forgiveness that China gives versus the IMF for the World Bank, uh, it, it, obviously you would choose China if China's like, we're going to forgive value amounts of that money so if south and central america are also doing that um that's not a direct attack or assault uh, on the united states in the way that tucker carlson's wording it you could say that they're doing this intentionally for economic warfare you could say that they're doing this intentionally in order to uh advance their own forms of soft imperialism and or control Th those, those are different statements but that's very different than saying that there's an inalienable right of the united states to control the western hemisphere and as a result of that all the countries underneath fall under their peer review and, and like their own sovereignty be damned like should argentina have a right to take money from china because personally, I would say, yes, the same thing with Brazil, should they choose. They, they shouldn't have to choose or be forced to choose whether or not they accept large amounts of, uh, you know, loan loans from any specific country. Uh, the CCP aims to create Latin America as a communist uh, super state backed by Chinese Communist Party directly aimed at the United States. Bannon said, this is what the Monroe Doctrine was about. Our founders, our framers warned us, don't go searching for monsters to slay in Ukraine. Watch what they do here in the Western Hemisphere, he continued. We're not in a great position, and now we have it in our hemisphere. China under Lula, we will have to control the entire wealth and power and geopolitical strategic position of South America. Like, Jesus Christ, I didn't know they were just straight up saying this kind of stuff out loud, but... Uh, yeah, to Tierman, no Latin America as a communist super state backed by the Chinese Communist Party directly aimed at the United States. This is what the Monroe Doctrine is about. This is what our founders and framers warned us. But don't go searching for monsters to slay in Ukraine. Oh, hey, you, you scroll past the part where it's the Bannon show open with an anti-Chinese rap song. Do we have an, do we have access to that? Oh, sorry. His show's bumper music is a rap song by Chinese dissident and Bannon backer. Uh, Miles Guo, whose hook is "Let's take down the CCP." Uh, yes, yes, this is happening. There's pushback in places like the South Side of Chicago. Now, Steve, no, the, the, there's no mouths again. Lied to them and covered up real quickly. How did they get to you on social media? All your great contact. Please find Wolf. Exactly what did the FDA do to suppress the information about the booster? Next in the war room. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the aesthetic you were going for you're like okay so i i want to like shoot me like titanic i want the wind blowing so you can actually see and everything but almost every shot I need a cigar, all right, without exception. So if for whatever reason you see me and, and you're doing the whole like spin around 360 or some drone footage, make sure I got at least one cigar in my hand. 
This is Steve Bannon's official theme song. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm really happy I discovered this. Everything just beginning. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't know we were getting actual vocals. I, I thought this was just kind of like uh, metal, metal hip hop. But never mind. All right, here we go. But the games you want to play. I'm liking the Creed aesthetic too. You know. Bring it on and I will fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun, and you are over. You're over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. <laughs> to be clear let the bullets fly a little longer and you will surrender oh and we're doing it a second time all right that 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 hook has not resonated enough let the bullets fly a little longer Here we go. They try to scare the nation with fabrication. But we see through the lies. Got your soggy. Police corruption with crooked assumption. They ran our lives. But no more, we will win. We will take down the CC. I have never seen frames like this before. I think we've, I think we've caught the uh, the ethos of where this was going. Watch what they do here in the Western Hemisphere, sir. Well, I mean, you're 100% right. China's playing the long game, and they are smart, as well as their allies smart. that are starkly adversarial to us. Our leadership are the dummies. They're playing a global pincer movement, the same way the Spartans would have done in the Greek city-states, or Alexander the Great would have done out of Macedonia, as he conquered I half of Europe. Uh, we're, we're, we're not in a great position, and now we have it in our hemisphere. China, under Lula, will have a control of the entire wealth and power and geopolitical strategic positioning of south america they're in motion on it as we said in the first like you're so far behind on this like do you even know about brick 
uh, there's a bunch of nations that have banded together to show that uh, economically they don't need to depend entirely upon the United States anymore. Yeah, that that's already yeah, happened. They're talking about a in terms of a global pincer movement. Like it's not as if there is foreign investment that takes place in say Argentina or Brazil from say China, and that results in suddenly there being like uh, a whole bunch of soldiers just pointing their guns at America on that. Point. <laughs> like it's, you're thinking of this in terms of risk. I think your whole uh, like uh, geopolitical analyst uh, the, of the world is like a, it's basically a big game of risk at uh, all times. One wide currency for South America. It makes no sense uh, economically, but it does make sense geopolitically if you're trying to consolidate power. It's right out of Orwell's framework. Orwell said in global conflict, when they win, it'll be three geographically aligned super states. Oceania was always at war. <laughs> okay. Look, I, I love 1984 as much as the next person. You right-wingers are kind of rooting 1984 for me. But I will remind you, just so we're clear, 1984 was still a work of fiction. He didn't say that it was going to be a predictor as in there's literally going to be <laughs> these three passive <laughs> states fighting each other. <laughs> Jesus. And according to Animal Farm, animals can talk. So uh, that's next. China's doing that. War with East Asia. Well, South America, Mercosur, as they even call it in South America, will be a Marxist super state should the Brazilians uh, accept Lula as their leader, because there will never be free, fair, incredible credible accept again it? there if this continues to be uh, cemented and validated. See, again, like this whole uh you know fascist we don't accept elections anymore bullshit um it, if there was an international condemnation or over the election results of brazil's if there was an international governing bodies who actually oversaw and approved of the elections of brazil's being yes democratic in fact yes this so th this isn't one of those i mean like i guess y'all already did this for america where it's like oh dominion voting systems but what about venezuela and uh, the, the pillow guy said something the fact that they're invoking them in row doctrine still in this day and age, though, uh, I mean, like, that's kind of just old-timey uh, world dominance uh, and worldview. Uh, the fact that it's shared by both Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon, that is pretty distressing, uh, to say the least. Um, Brazil Wire had this thread on uh, Greenwald and his involvement. A reminder that Greenwald omitted both open and covert U.S. involvement in Lava Jato from his book about Lava Jato. His last known writing on the U.S. interference in Brazil was in mid-2015, despite having massive amounts of evidence. In 2017, with Lula facing uh, jail and the U.S. Department of Justice role, openly admitted Greenwald presents far-right Lava Jato task force with the Allard Prize, lauding their courage. They privately called Lula's arrest, which kept him out of the 2018 election, a gift from the CIA. Criminality. The entire political system is based on, predicated in, systemic corruption, and they've done it for decades with complete impunity. And so if you are young prosecutors in your 30s, as we saw in the videos, most of them are, and you want to take on the, most, the richest and most powerful people, there's no instruction manual for how you do that. There's no handbook. There's no guide for what it is that you can do. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to be resourceful. You're going to have to make difficult judgment calls. To watch Brazilians in a young democracy put the most powerful billionaires in prison and politicians who wield great power from multiple parties across the spectrum to put them in prison as well, notwithstanding the mistakes I think they've made and the very valid critiques that have occasionally been voiced against them, that is something that I consider extraordinarily brave and worthy of support and worthy of being honored. And so I think that what we can say about the Brazilian task force, Lava Jato as we call it in Brazil, Car Wash as we call it here, what I think we can say about them is that they definitely have not been perfect, but what they have been is very principled wow. and very persistent.
And they're really devoted to this idea that they want to change their society from this systemically corrupt one to one in which the rule of law prevails no matter whether you're a black, <laughs> poor kid from the favela or an extraordinarily rich oligarch born into billions of dollars in wealth. And so I think they embody that first attribute of... Holy shit. Damn. All right. Well, uh, he say it. Also, uh, it's kind of wild. He was just uh, on um, Brianna Joy Gray's show, uh, Bad Faith, the one that Virgil Texas used to be on before Virgil Texas disappeared because of the whole grooming allegations thing. Uh, he was on there recently to talk about how it's weird that people on the left get really mad and say I used to be left, but I've never told anyone that I was left. I've always identified as a first and foremost a journalist and a truth sayer. Um, I mean, it, to be completely honest with you, the, the man is, is basically just for sale and has been for a very long time. His hyper-focus has always been in the range of uh, uh, government overreach uh, surveillance programs, uh, that kind of stuff, in order to have complete and unadulterated uh, and total free speech uh, at all times. Uh, unless, of course, it concerns him. I mean, he doesn't like when people obviously uh, mock or impersonate or, uh, you know, uh, pretend to be him online. So, uh, you know, he's pretty pretty quick to call that out. But otherwise, uh, total and complete and unadulterated free speech. But it seems more and more lately that uh, he has just become a very useful tool for the right to the far right to be able to take out and be like, well, uh, we have here Glenn Greenwald, clearly not someone on the right. I mean, you've, uh, you uh, actually were uh, almost jailed by uh, Jair Bolsonaro, if I'm correct. You are correct. Uh, and also, uh, you wrote about uh, Edward Snowden, uh, uh, you know, uh, Julian Assange, uh, stuff like that, uh, uh, Lula da Silva. Uh, you, you, you clearly are not a, a right winger. No, no, I'm not a right winger. Okay, well, here's the thing I need to have someone like you validate. Can you validate that? And he's like, yep, stamp. And and then that's uh, that's basically the segment. And then rinse and repeat. Throwing some money in there occasionally. Greenwald waited until uh, Lavagato had already brought Bolsonaro to power before he challenged it. Hacker Walter Delgatti complained that Greenwald refused majority of the Vazagato leak and that he was disappointed by the limited scope of Glenn's reporting. In early 2018, Brazil Wire reported on the U.S. involvement in Lava Jato and was used in an attempt to acquit Lula. Greenwald was personally offered an exclusive which would have weakened the case against Lula long before Bolsonaro's election, but he ignored it. Why? Why would you do that? For example, Lula responded on Twitter to the reporting by Greenwald's colleagues with the allegation. The goal was Petrobras, Brazil's state-owned oil giant, and it was the pre-salt Brazilian offshore oil and the Brazilian companies that were winning bids from U.S. companies in the Middle East. Lula's claim, which he has elaborated elsewhere, is the idea that Lava Jato was born in the Department of Justice in the United States with the aim of destroying Brazilian competitors to U.S. companies in petroleum, naval construction, and civil engineering, all sectors targeted by Lava Jato. Perhaps Greenwald disagrees with Lula here, then surely Lula's claim deserves a refutation, especially because its principal uh, evidentiary basis is Greenwald's own archive. Securing Democracy does note that Greenwald's work on the Snowden archive proved that the NSA and the government communication headquarters in the UK were spying on Petrobras, the state-owned oil company, whose proceed funds Brazil social programs. But the question of foreign intervention in Brazil appears principally in the past tense and securing democracy and never in relation to Greenwald's own Vasajato archive. I should note that I have not seen enough evidence to weigh in with the confidence of Lula's assertion about the economic intentions of the Vasajato team. Uh, despite Greenwald's silence on the U.S. participation in what he convincingly shows to be a regime change operation in the 21st century Brazil, securing democracy runs along a long history of U.S. regime change operations in Latin America, discussing U.S. support for the 1964 coup against central left Brazilian government that was replaced 21-year uh, military dictatorship. Greenwald notes the U.S. refusal to tolerate any form of leftism in Latin America's largest country, even if it meant the imposition of despotism, where democracy has been taking root, was virtually inevitable. 
Greenwald also mentions Brazil enduring colonial relationship with the United States and notes that he learned from the Edward Snowden in Brazil, the largest CIA presidents in the hemisphere. So why doesn't securing democracy examine the U.S. involvement in the process that removed the elected left from the power in the country in 2016 and brought an admirer of the right-wing despotism to power in 2018? What changed between 1964 and 2016 that made the U.S. involvement in the left-to-right regime change operation in Brazil noteworthy or even inevitable? As Greenwald acknowledges in his book, To United States, the PT government's forging of a foreign policy in a way that diverged from the U.S. dictates was intolerable. Fortunately for the U.S. officials who found PT's independent foreign policy intolerable, Lava Jato resolved this problem for them upon inauguration. Bolsonaro assumed a posture of alignment with Trump's government in a matter of foreign policy. And that's where the dots connected. Journalists Karen Greenwald and Matt Taibbi are known for exposing the crimes of the police, the military, and Wall Street, but they also spout dangerous conservative hyperbole about the left. What's going on? Uh, I think the answer is probably money. It's, it's, it's money. It's going to be money. Do you enjoy the surfs, but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form. Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free. Just like the podcast. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Juice, we shall spend many a generations building mighty cathedrals in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your oafish jesters, here to offer you a laugh at any opportunity. To our brave knights of the roundtable, Rachel Kay, Izzy Solidarity, Victoria Bell, Sebastian Demel, Mark Harmon, Benji Arney, Scary Earth Human, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Everything Important, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Doug Cady, Daniel Sutton, Jenna Tao, Dark Puppy, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, Multimondi, Trevbot EXE, Brian Ephraim, Anthropofojak, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Ralph Parler, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, La Media Panza, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our valiant heroes off to fight injustice everywhere.